Hey everyone, before we open today's file, please make sure to follow us on Instagram at d.s.radio where you can find all the images that go along with today's case. You can drop us an email at contact.dsradio at gmail.com. You can find all of our socials in the Linktree bio on our Instagram profile, including links to merch. If you're feeling especially generous, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash dystopian simulation radio, where you can get access to our exclusive Instagram page and make suggestions for upcoming episode topics that you would like us to cover. Speaking of Patreon, thanks to our Patreons, Riff Cult, Cropley Crab, Cash Broadus, Raspberry Jr., Jason R. Nelson, Creepy Paper, Jamie Suit, Michael Laughlin, Lindsay Keller, Mike Wright, Gria Weaver, Kelsey Carithers, Linz Gibbon, Drake Holvig, Only Child, Michael M, Wesley Akers, Riaz K, Emily Medeiros, Pip, Heather Wynn, Graves, Devin Sweatshirt, The Ordained Sinister Minister, and Philip Hoffman. And welcome to a very special episode of Dystopian Simulation Radio. I'm your host, Linz, and this is my very special guest, Septembrio, a.k.a. Michael. How's it going, hey Michael? <laughs> hey, Linz, thanks for having me. No worries. How's it going? Uh, it's going pretty good. Um, I was just cuddling with my cat, basically. Anytime I sit down to do a podcast, she's always with me. Yeah, that happened to both of us. We basically had purr machines on our laps. So we were like, <laughs> yeah, this is very adorable, but it's not spooky. So <laughs> we yeah. both have to move them. And now here we are. So Michael is a friend of mine who shares a deep fascination and interest in all things spooky and unexplained. And he's joining me today to talk about a topic that I've wanted to discuss on this podcast for a while now. And that's sleep paralysis. But before we dive into this topic, including its possible links to alien abductions, as well as our own personal sleep paralysis experience, let's talk a little bit about Michael and the world of Septembrio. So Michael, I know Septembrio is like, oh my gosh, sorry, a seagull just flew into the window. <laughs> Steven Seagull? I swear. Oh my gosh. Is he okay? Yeah, he's... <laughs> so sorry that really scared me that's oh like god. a japanese horror movie or something that's amazing oh, i should get rid of that spirit board i swear to god <laughs> it's not been the same since then and i'm not even joking <laughs> what, what's that conspiracy theory birds aren't real <laughs> well they like are in, the, in my windows <laughs> somebody doesn't want this episode to come out <laughs> oh my gosh that has never happened i swear so where were we? So Michael, I know Septembrio is a sci-fi themed music project as well as a paranormal comic, right? Would you like to talk a little bit about yourself and what you do? Uh, yeah, Septembrio is a electronic pop rock act that's all about birds hitting windows. <laughs> um, 
No, it's uh, it's largely paranormal sci-fi themed, and yeah, the comic book of the same name actually ties into the music, and so they're about five issues out. Number six is in the works right now, and yeah, you can you can find it online anywhere. And uh, I basically live on Instagram, so if you want to hit me up on socials, that's the best place to find me. Yeah, you do live on Instagram, and I really like your Instagram account. Actually, <laughs> that's where we Wait. met. Also, I don't remember right. how we met. Yeah, I was trying to think of the timeline of like exactly how long we'd been connected on there, but uh, yeah. Yeah, you also have a new song coming out, right? Didn't you leak the title accidentally by yourself? I did. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I was. I was prepping my posts like two weeks in advance, you know, trying to be productive, and then Instagram was just like post, and I was like, no. <laughs> so oh, I you deleted tried to schedule. it. That's right. Oh. Which I usually works out. But so I deleted it and then I forgot <laughs> that it also posted to Facebook automatically, which it's been doing inconsistently lately. Uh, so Facebook. I didn't discover that for like an hour. So I'm like, well, cat's out of the bag. So the song's called VHS, Violent Horror Stories. And I wrote it last Halloween when I kind of binge watched a ton of 80s horror movies, uh, specifically the Nightmare on Elm Street series. And that just kind of got me really inspired. So I wrote the song with kind of that in my brain. And this year you're binging the Halloween franchise, right? That's right, yeah. I did a vote between Hellraiser and Halloween. I know you voted for Hellraiser. Yeah, totally. But everyone else said Halloween, so... And I've never seen any of them in full either, so... Any of them? No. See, oh the thing gosh, was... Oh my gosh, what a treat. All, the, all <laughs> these older horror films, you know, I was too young to watch them when I was a kid. Mm. And then when I was old enough, I kind of like took them for granted and then so yeah just last year is when I was like I need to start visiting some of these and I'm so glad I did because they're amazing oh Nightmare on Elm Street is amazing it's just so freaking weird like which movie is it where his arms like start extending and it looks really bad oh no uh I can't remember because <laughs> I watched them so close together they kind of all blur together <laughs> yeah which is quite apt for Nightmare on Elm Street <laughs> yeah and it kind of fits in with what we're talking about today so there is there is a weird tie and I'll be bringing up these films later on for sure. Yes. Okay. So basically Michael is the exciting part and I'm like the monologuer. <laughs> <laughs> now that we're acquainted. Oh, before we go on, um what are your socials so people can find you? Well, the good news is Septembrio isn't a word, so you can find me <laughs> everywhere. If you Google Septembrio, you'll just find me and then I think there's like a small group of moms that all had like in vitro fertilization in September. <laughs> so they're like, oh, Septembrios, yay! But that's it. That's I unfortunate. Am, I'm not one of the moms, but everything else is me. <laughs> Wherever you look, you will find him. Under your bed, in your oven, open the microwave, it's just Michael's face <laughs> staring back at you. <laughs> yeah, so basically everything is just at Septembrio or, you know, facebook.com slash Septembrio. Yeah. That's how you find me. And uh, wherever, whichever um, toilet lids you lift in, like, gas stations, <laughs> his face will yeah. be there looking up at you. He's Touring everywhere. is hard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so now that we're acquainted with our co-host for this episode, let's dive into the world of parasomnia. But before we do, if you want to see any visuals that go along with this episode, you can do so at d.s.radio on Instagram. And if you want to support us, you can become a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash dystopian simulation radio. All right, let's begin. Have you ever woken in the night to feel a pressure on your chest? 
as if you're being held down by an invisible force, unable to move or scream, your eyes darting left and right as you struggle to no avail. Have you ever opened your eyes and come face to face with a shadowy intruder, his hands around your throat choking you while you lay there paralyzed and unable to fight? That's ha hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just a weekend at Septembrio's house. <laughs> Have you ever levitated from your bed through the walls of your home and into a craft where small beings and hazmat suits perform examinations on particular parts of your body as you That's laid odd. there strapped to a gurney immobile? <laughs> if you answered yes to any of the above questions, you may have been a victim of sleep paralysis. At least we can hope that's the case. Or just very kinky. <laughs> <laughs> so, as we slip into slumber each night, neurotransmitters in our brains send signals to shut down our major muscles while we sleep in order to paralyze our bodies and make sure we don't physically act out our dreams. Do you know what sleep paralysis is? So my understanding is that there's, uh, there's a mechanism that your brain and body does that prevents you from acting out your dreams. Mm -hmm. So when you're sleeping... Your body is paralyzed, but you don't care because you're, you're dreaming. But for some people who enter this kind of mind-awake, body-sleep state, kind of wake up in the middle of the night, they'll experience a paralysis. And then because they're kind of still dreaming, their dream images will be projected into the room and it creates this terrifying experience. Exactly. So it's yeah. like an overlap of two states. So like the sleeping state and the waking state. And where the person suffers a temporary paralysis of the body, coupled with basically disturbing hallucinations that are indistinguishable from reality. So like you said, your dreams are being projected into the room and you feel like you're actually experiencing them. So common symptoms of sleep paralysis include feeling that there is an unwanted presence in the room or something watching you. Someone or something sitting on the victim's chest or the feeling of an out-of-body experience or like levitation. So we have an example of sleep paralysis, which is the following excerpt from the Boston Globe from March 25th, 2018. If you could kindly read that for us, Michael, in your best Canadian accent. <laughs> <laughs> I will sound it out. Okay. <laughs> he laid there trying to think sleepy thoughts and then it happened. My bedroom door slowly swings open, he recalled. Then I see a black face, like a completely covered ninja face with red eyes. The face comes through the door, and there's an elongated neck like a giraffe. He tried to get away as this face got closer and closer, but he couldn't even breathe. It could have been terrifying, except that Sharpless is one of the world's leading researchers on strange sleep phenomenon. I think, my god, I'm having sleep paralysis, he said laughing. It disappeared the moment I was able to move again. So this guy actually had fun as a black face with red and ninja eyes chased him through the darkness on basically a big long neck. <laughs> like a giraffe. <laughs> yeah, that is horrifying. <laughs> uh, he's just taking his work home with him, eh? Yeah, but that was his first and only sleep paralysis experience. And That's he was actually studying sleep paralysis and sleep disorders. And he'd never had an episode before. So... Yeah, he was exhilarated by this experience, which is not the case for most of us. That's interesting to note, right? Because you hear through some circles where people talk about experiences that it seems to be contagious, which doesn't physically make sense. Mm. But, you know, here's this guy who's studying it and then he suddenly just has it. So, yeah, kind of weird. 
But I like for most of his life, he'd never had it, but he was really into it. So like when he finally <laughs> got it, he was like, yes. And it was like horrific. <laughs> and he's like, oh my God, chase me, chase me. He was, he was really into it. <laughs> oh yeah, choke me, ninja giraffe, choke me. <laughs> and the head was like, oh hell no. And like retracted <laughs> like a turtle, like back into oh. the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. So let's have some quick facts about sleep paralysis. People generally start having sleep paralysis when they're teenagers, usually between 14 and 17, but it's most active or most likely to happen in your 20s or 30s. Up to 40% of the population will experience an episode at some point in their lives, and you're more prone to sleep paralysis if your sleep schedule is constantly changing, if you're stressed, and if you sleep on your back. Bit weird to sleep on your back. I agree. Like, who just I'm lays a- down on their back and goes, good night, and then just closes yeah. their eyes? I am a normal human going to sleep now, which is what <laughs> humans do. <laughs> you got to sleep on your side and then flip your pillow constantly like a normal yep. person. That's exactly. what I do. Yeah. <laughs> sleep paralysis is experienced by different cultures and people all over the world. It is believed you're more likely to suffer from sleep paralysis episodes if you have a family member who also suffers. And mental health issues and medications are believed to be linked. Insomnia, bipolar disorder, substance abuse, narcolepsy are all thought to be triggers. Classically, sleep paralysis in the Western world came in the form of old hags sitting upon the chest of the sufferer or witches snatching away people on their broomsticks. In Japan, sleep paralysis, or kanashibari, is experienced as being bound by the weight of heavy chains, which is thought to be paranormal in nature. Yeah, the, the interpretations vary from culture to culture, and that, I find that interesting, how the images are different, and the, but the feelings are all the same. There's just different imagery accompanying it. Yeah, that was really interesting researching this, like what different cultures and different countries interpreted that pressure as. I think big heavy chains is a kind of a cool one. Mm-hmm. And then you have that old image of like, you know, the ghosts in the sheets carrying chains with them. I wonder if that's where it comes from, because I never quite understood that. Yeah, where the what chains is that? Came from. <laughs> Imagine an old school ghost. Actually, why don't we see those old school ghosts? Like, why do we always see like some screaming child with like a head wound? Why don't we see like <laughs> a sheet with chains going... Is is that what we always see now? (laughs) Well, you know, like the sixth sense and stuff. It's always like some (laughs) horrific death like related person who's like, help me. But when you see like old ghosts, it's a sheet with some chains. Like I'd much rather see the sheet with the chains. (laughs) Maybe ghosts expire. And so all the people that were locked up in prison have died. But then the ghosts expire too. (laughs) And now we just see all the ghosts from like, you know, back in the day when we're like, it was the 80s. There were no seatbelts, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. As a kid with a Walkman with like <laughs> bent headphones and a Happy Meal with like the bottom felt falling out of it. Oh, actually, I think it, like speaking of old ghosts, like one time when my brother had a friend stay over when we were like kids and in the middle of the night, this kid woke up screaming and he was like, ah, a Viking, there's a Viking here. <laughs> And we laughed so fucking hard for like years about the Viking. (laughs) But then I was thinking, that poor kid had sleep paralysis of a Viking coming at him. (laughs) 
also very specific, right? Like, was he reading a bunch of Viking books or? Like, I don't what, know. What I mean, we did get invaded back back in the times, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's just a random Viking in our house. That's kind of cool and weird. That's amazing. <laughs> In modern times, a more contemporary and very common theme of sleep paralysis is... Any guesses, Michael? Um, choking, sexually. Alien abductions! Ah, that too. I was interested in the link between sleep paralysis and all of those like alien abduction stories that you hear from people. As both things generally, but not always, occur when a person is sleeping and could pass as the same thing if you think about the levitating... And, you know, an unwanted visitors and things standing by the foot of your bed, stuff like that. So I decided to look up a few like anecdotal alien contact stories to see if there were more similarities that I could tie into sleep paralysis. I found the story by a guy who he had a little blog actually about this. And he he wrote that he had been visited by aliens since he was like four years old. And all of the episodes he had were while he was sleeping. There were no mentions of any physical traces of evidence of the visitation. Like you get in some alien cases, which obviously aren't sleep paralysis, but are something else. I don't know what, but they're not sleep Mm -hmm. paralysis. But he did mention that when he told his mother, she apologized to him when she found out and said that she had also been visited by alien beings for years and years and years. So as we know, like sleep paralysis can be heritable. And I found an article with a quote from a psychologist from Sheffield University in England who was involved in a study of sleep disorders who said, the main thing we've learned is sleep paralysis appears to be heritable and there's some genes influencing sleep and wake patterns involved. So the story really does tick all of the boxes of classic sleep paralysis episode. However, the author of the alien story is not, he's either not aware of sleep paralysis or he has not considered anything else as an explanation. And he has this entire blog about these visits. So it's really interesting to me that some people have just never heard of it or considered the fact that there might not be aliens coming to you all the time. You might have a sleep disorder. That is interesting. Yeah. And there there are so many parallels. There, there are a few differences that suggest that maybe we can put them into subcategories of the same thing. Mm. But uh, it's interesting how many parallels there are, especially when it comes to, you know, like what you said, this guy talking about his experience being completely unaware. I find that there's there's people that will describe like a, a typical astral projection episode yes. in, within an abduction episode and have no idea what they're describing. But they match perfectly with things you would read about in the Tibetan Book of the Dead and hundreds of other cases. So I, I agree. I feel like there there is a connecting thread in all these experiences. But what it is exactly, I'm not sure. Well, the author of this blog about his alien visitations said that his first episode was in the 90s, mm. which is when we all know the X-Files franchise really boomed. Mm-hmm. There was like a significant boom, especially in the UK, of like trashy tabloid articles on abductees, like entire families claiming to be abducted and UFO sightings and ET theme magazines, like everyone was trying to cash in on the craze. And people think that this is what influenced these sleep paralysis, these alien themed sleep paralysis episodes that people genuinely thought was alien contact. Right. <laughs> and this guy has been living in absolute fear since the 90s 
Oh. <laughs> this poor man. So speaking of the 90s, I searched the newspaper archives for alien-themed sleep paralysis and I found like an abundance of articles all in the 90s. Like the majority of them were in the 90s and then they, there's nothing before really and they really fizzle out afterwards. So it's like, I'm definitely blaming the X-Files for this. 100%. <laughs> so to round up my little segment, I thought that we should read this newspaper article that I found. It was from the Birmingham Post on September 11th, 1996. Oh, I just realized what date it was. Conspiracy. Um, no, <laughs> no, it was just like, oh, that's depressing. I was laughing away and then I was like, oh... Okay, so the article is titled Alien Kidnappings May Be Nothing But a Bad Dream. So even back then, people were like, calm the fuck down. (laughs) No one is probing your rectum. So it starts, sleep paralysis, a frightening state often accompanied by hallucinations and the feeling of a presence, may lie behind accounts of alien abductions, a psychologist told the festival. I guess that's the actual... um, newspaper it was from before it was regurgitated. (laughs) Dr. Susan Blackmore claims that many X-Files type reports of people who believe they were taken aboard UFOs fit in with what can happen during sleep paralysis. The phenomenon occurs when the person on the edge of sleep remains semi-conscious and aware but cannot move. They are experiencing the paralysis which normally occurs during dreaming to prevent us acting out our dreams. During sleep paralysis it's common to hear strange noises, feel vibration, or see lights and other hallucinations. There is a sensation of an unseen presence, which can be very frightening. Dr. Blackmore from the University of the West of England argues that many cultures have what are called sleep paralysis myths. These include medieval stories of the incubus and succubus, demons which came in the night to seduce the sleeper, and the tales of fairy abductions and changelings. Ooh, I'll continue on. Dr. Blackmore, who has collected about 100 descriptions of sleep paralysis, believes alien abductions to be the present-day version of these myths. In a paper presented at the Science Festival at Birmingham University, she said, I suggested as much in a recent UFO magazine and have since been inundated with fascinating letters from people who have experienced sleep paralysis and did not previously know what it was. Many seem to be greatly relieved that at last they know what has been happening to them. Certain features came up time and time again, said Dr. Blackmore, including strange whining noises or machine-like sounds. Vibrations, shaking, or juddering were another common experience, as were strange flashing lights, little stars, or glowing objects seen in the room. Dr. Blackmore said while some people were terrified during sleep paralysis, others actually enjoyed it. Some people absolutely love the experience, she said. I think you're one of those people. <laughs> uh, I am. I have better experiences. and I'll get into more about why later, but that's true. I fall in that category. Uh-oh. Okay, well, we will talk about our experience at the end of the episode, I think. But I heard you have something to present to us on the subject. I do. So I love that... Uh, all your research was very clinical and very like <laughs> well done and uh, kind of like more of a debunking nature because mine goes the other way. So Hell yes, that's what I we want. Got, yeah, we got kind of this Mulder Scully dynamic going on. <laughs> so at the end of the episode, I'm just going to be like, after everything you've seen, Scully, you don't believe. <laughs> and I'll be like, no, you know, the Bugs Bunny clip where his lips extend. <laughs> no. <laughs> So uh, under the umbrella of sleep paralysis, the specific Mm -hmm. subject that I wanted to tackle was the hat man. Oh, hell yes. 
because <laughs> for some reason, this is a character that people see that don't know each other and don't have any connection, yet they're seeing the same guy. So just kind of a little backstory into the hat man. A lot of people, when they when they're experiencing sleep paralysis, the modern equivalent of like the old hag and, you know, aside from aliens is they'll, they'll just see shadow people, which are kind of three-dimensional shadows in their bedroom, which, you know, you're already paralyzed and now there's somebody there. So how terrifying can it get? But the shadow beings, they seem to feed off of people's fear. They seem to want it. They come to the sleeper very slowly at night. They creep to them. They go right in front of their face. They have no sense of personal space. (laughs) Space invaders is what we like to call them. (laughs) That's what they are. Um, So the hat man is like a shadow being, except there's one big difference. He likes to dress up fancy. Oh, what kind of hat? It's not like a a trilby or something. No, a fedora is what I meant. Yeah, it's basically like a... It's basically like a fedora, a bowler hat, any kind of brimmed hat. That's kind of what it is. The average Reddit user. (laughs) He just comes into a room at night. That's what what the shadow people are. They're just Reddit users. Yeah, they've just learned. They've learned how. They've learned how to find you even when you log off. (laughs) You cannot log off. (laughs) This will be a good movie. (laughs) So apparently, dread it. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. Apparently, the the people who have experienced the hat man, as well as other shadow beings, they say that he seems to command more power and authority, like he's kind of like the leader of the shadow people. (gasps) Um, And many have kind of compared him to Satan himself. So he's... He's a very imposing, terrifying figure. And he's also said to feed off people's fear or their energy. He's, he's, he's what you would call a psychic vampire. Um, what's, what's interesting about the Hat Man is, I think in general, it might be different now, but I think in the past decades, the trends seem to be that people would experience it first and they would see him first and then they would go research and that's when they discovered other people seeing him too. So it's kind of an interesting chicken or the egg thing. Are people being exposed to it first? Are people, how are people that are not connected seeing the same thing? Yeah, um, and, and it is like a shadow man is scary. But when you throw a top hat on that, it's even yeah. more scary. Yeah. And why a hat? Why like, a hat? I yeah, like if they said like, oh, a shadow man and he has like, you know, a really long neck like a giraffe. You'd be like, yeah, that's pretty scary. And everyone was seeing that. But when they're like the hat man, something about the the name of the hat man is actually creepy. <laughs> like, yeah. I get like Jack the Ripper, like silhouette kind of vibes. Right. So that's the thing is there's, there's all these uh, figures in pop culture that have that hat and they're an imposing dark figure. Mm. And there could be something just embedded in our subconscious about it you know like we we know that there are certain dream symbols that cross cultures people will have like the carl Jung would talk about archetypes and freud would talk about you know symbols and dreams you know like mm. if you dreamt of an umbrella that's clearly a penis <laughs> everything was a penis to freud <laughs> that's right and if it isn't one thing it's your mother so i tried to i tried to track down some of the earliest experiences of the hat man because i wanted to see how far back this went because i've been following paranormal phenomenon my whole life and i've only started hearing about them within the last decade or so same um yeah, yeah. and so i couldn't i couldn't really find anything like before 2000 it seemed to be in the 2000s 
when it really started. And that could be a, a number of reasons. It could just be access to, you know, social media and online has increased. So more people are telling their stories, people mm -hmm. feeling safer. But I did find there was a few instances where people were saying that Wes Craven was actually inspired by Hatman's stories. And that's what Freddy Krueger is actually based off of. Are you serious? Unfortunately, when I looked further into oh, it, I could man. not find that anything. Great. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a documentary about the making of the nightmare films and Wes Craven's in it. And there is I could not find anything where Wes Craven himself is saying that. But he did say that it was uh, based on some true stories where people were dying in their sleep. And there was some connection to sleep paralysis. So there is, I wish I could remember some, some more of the facts. I think there was like this village where they were, they were afraid to go to sleep because there was this being that they were afraid of who was killing people in their sleep and then they would die. So I think he, he took inspiration from that. But again, we come back to like, I can't find anything about the hat man pre 2000s. Whatever the case, everyone has always been wary of a fedora. Let's say that. Yeah, if you're wearing a fedora, <laughs> I don't want you in my room at night. <laughs> However, there is another connection. So Linz, yes. imagine that imagine the hat man in your room. No. Yeah, just imagine. Close your eyes. It's all good. Oh, God, I'm doing it as well. <laughs> all right. So the hat man, you're lying in bed on your side or on your back, whatever it has to be. I'm not a freak. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm flipping my pillow. The, the hat man walks in. He's this three-dimensional shadow in the dark, and he's coming up towards you. And then suddenly you flick on the light. Mm -hmm. What does the hat man look like to you as a flesh and blood person? Jack the Ripper, I think that the portrayal of Jack the Ripper in those old sketches, you know, the top hat, a little cape and mm -hmm. he, Caucasian, he's really tall and yeah. he, he looks kind of rich, but also like he'd be a massive psychopath. So at first you're <laughs> like, oh, because he's like kind of handsome. And then you look into his eyes and they're like dead and you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that is so much more detailed than what I was expecting. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> And he kind of, he looks kind of nice, but I don't know, I'm kind of nervous. He looks kind of nice. So basically, yeah, like, so like, a, you know, pale white guy in a hat and like a black suit kind of thing, yeah, right? sharp features, scary. Yeah. Looking. So there's, there's another character in paranormal mythology that fits that description. Can you guess what it is? Um, I don't know. No, I can't guess. It's the men in black. Oh my gosh, Yes. But I don't picture them in hats for some reason. I think that's like Will Smith's fault. <laughs> right, right. So if anybody who's listening is not familiar with Men in Black outside the Will Smith movies, by the way, 10-year-old me hated those movies because... You were like, it's I not accurate, mother. <laughs> I'd be watching Will Smith and they're good guys. I'd be like, this is bullshit. You know, <laughs> they have almost nothing to do with actual Men in Black lore. So for anyone who's unfamiliar, uh, the Men in Black are definitely villains. They're not good guys. They kind of fall into two categories. There's the more straightforward category where they're just kind of like government agents, you know, working for the CIA or, you know, some other more secret organization. And they're basically just going around suppressing eyewitness accounts of UFOs, trying to keep that under wraps. And then there's the other category, which is really fascinating. It's the category where witnesses claim that they don't appear to be exactly human. And so witnesses will say things like they think they themselves are aliens, trying to cover up their own existence, or they're synthetic beings, or, you know, a lot of people describe them as being they, they kind of look like a person who has been dead for a while. 
Ew, uh, I've so never this, heard that. Yeah, it's this weird, weird, bizarre subcategory of the Men in Black mythos. And so if you go further back, that's where the hats come in. And even in modern stories of Men in Black, there's that hat is often present. So I decided to kind of look into some stories about Men in Black and see if I could find some more parallels that kind of match up. And interestingly enough, if you go to the beginning of one of the first Men in Black encounters, it was by a man named Albert K. Bender. And he was, uh, he was really active in the UFO community in the early 50s. He founded the International Flying Saucer Bureau, which was like the world's first major UFO club. And he also published a quarterly UFO magazine called Space Review. However, as popular as it was and as successful as he was in doing this, he was a real leader in the community. Uh, I think, you know, he got a lot out of it. Just a year later, he ended everything. And it's because of a Men in Black encounter that he had. It wasn't widely known until later. Uh, Gray Barker, who actually coined the term Men in Black, he wrote a book called They Knew Too Much About Flying Saucers in 1956. And he included some excerpts from Albert K. Bender's book about his experience with the Men in Black. And I'm going to send you a little excerpt for you to read. Ooh. And also <laughs> a kind of the, the height of the fedora's popularity <laughs> <laughs> in the fashion world. It's really just people that want to bring the fedora back aggressively. Blue lights appeared from nowhere and swirled about my room. I grew dizzy as the areas above my eyes throbbed and again felt puffy. I stumbled to the bed and threw myself upon it. As I did so, I felt my body grow icy cold. I could feel I had quickly come under the complete power of someone or something. They floated about a foot off the floor. They looked like clergymen, but wore hats similar to Homburg style. The faces were not clearly discernible. The eyes of all three figures suddenly lit up like flashlight bulbs. They seemed to burn into my very soul. I got Isn't chills that reading that. And so even there, like you're talking about floating lights in the room, which is another thing experienced by sleep paralysis people. There's so many things there that match up. And but this guy's talking about men in black suppressing UFOs and information about UFOs. And it's so it's in this men in black context, but it sounds like a sleep paralysis experience. I'm going to send you some photos here. There's some the first one is a drawing that Albert K. Bender is holding of his description of what he saw. So I'll send that to you right now. Oh, please be bad what you see. He's very proud. He's holding it very proud. <laughs> it is really creepy. I kind of like that. So it's more like a Stetson hat, actually. It's like, it's kind of tall. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a yeah, tall, it's longer at the top. butt-shaped hat <laughs> <laughs> with, little turn, with a turned-up rim. You can tell he's tried to portray like a shadow because you can see like features of the collar and the tie and the sweater like there's a definition between them but they're all colored in black apart from the teeth and the eyes and the eyes are very strange they're they're literally just two ovals with like a black dot in the middle right <laughs> like the most now, inhuman eyes you can imagine it's so creepy <laughs> yeah and i so, love it and so it's um yeah it's creepy as hell to me it looks like it's in between of Men in Black and the Hat Man, because he has all these details in there. 
it's not just a silhouette, but everything's colored in black. So it's like this yeah. weird hybrid between the two experiences. And I just, I find that really fascinating that one of the earliest Men in Black encounters is closer to a sleep paralysis experience and it features the hat man. And yet there's this, there's this gap in sleep paralysis experiences that feature the hat man. Like we don't see him really start popping up to the 2000s. So again, we have to ask, is that because they weren't happening? Is that because people were keeping it a secret? Because Albert K. Bender definitely sounds crazy, you know? And, <laughs> sorry, uh... sorry, Mr. Bender. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's weird? Like, like you said earlier, it's like with social media, you can spread something like wildfire. But this guy has his one drawing and this picture of him holding the drawing. So like if he wanted to spread that, he'd have to do it via a book or a newspaper or some traditional form of like media or printing. Right, like, and he cancelled his magazine. Travel. Yeah, he cancelled his own magazine. So maybe he couldn't afford it. Maybe he's like, oh, I love that magazine. <laughs> but I have like zero money and now I'm doing this. <laughs> Just drawing pictures of dreams I had. But we all know that the men in black are like heisting alien technology. And they've always been interested. We learned this from the Dolphins and LSD episode, actually, <laughs> where um, they wanted to learn ways to telepathically communicate with dolphins, tap into areas of the brain in communication between being to being. So if they've learned how to appear in your dreams, well, they probably would. Michael, sit on <laughs> you and choke you. <laughs> So what I find really interesting is that one of the first experiences is almost like a typical sleep paralysis experience. But then the men in black mythos kind of deviates where they're not appearing as shadows. And like, it doesn't quite say that Albert Bender was in bed. Like it says he threw himself on the bed, but he was in his room as like, was he really tired? Was he exhausted at the time? So the men in black kind of deviate into... There's kind of the straightforward G-men from the government that are just kind of like, want you to forget what you think you saw. It was a weather balloon. And then the other type, <laughs> which is more supernatural in nature, is still flesh and blood, very physical in appearance. And it's just, there's this huge gap there, but there's a connection. And that I haven't quite put, a, put my finger on it, but that question just kind of burns in me. Now, Linz, yes. do, you, do you regret having me on the show yet? No, I love well, it. Well, you're, you're gonna, <laughs> because we're, go, we're going deeper into the rabbit hole. <laughs> because there are there is another character in Supernatural lore that shares the same features as the Hat Man and the Men in Black. Okay. Can you guess what that is? Um, no, <laughs> I can't. Vampires. Oh my Most gosh, you're right. I never thought about that before. That's they just right. show yeah, up so, in your room, but you have to invite them, don't you? That's right. So that's that's mm. one of the odd things. So when it comes to, I guess I'll, I'll get to that. So it should be said that most things we know about vampires today kind of all originate from one story, which is Bram Stoker's Dracula. He invented a lot of the, the myths that we associate with them, and um, they kind of carry on. But... If you go through different cultures, there's a lot of different characteristics that their versions of vampires will hold. So there's there's different descriptions. There's like, you know, there's the garlic association. There's the red hair. There's OCD seems to be connected OCD. to it. Like, yeah, it's some really weird characteristics that are all different. And yet there are a few that are common 
throughout all cultures, and that's they usually are dressed in black. They only come out at night. They're they're <clears> all <throat> frightening. They're close to a human, <laughs> but they're not. So like they'll, they'll either feature odd complexions. They'll have supernatural abilities, which is like telepathy. There's actually a story, a very famous story of a of a man in black visiting a UFO witness and making like objects disappear. What by just hiding them? <laughs> no, like yeah, I know. It's like what's that behind your ear? <laughs> That asking to be invited in was very interesting because uh, we we all know vampires need to be invited in. But with Men in Black, they'll they'll show up at your door at really odd times. In pairs. um, Yeah, in pairs (laughs) or in threes, right? Yeah. Um, And they'll they'll ask to be invited in. And the, the, the trope with the Men in Black is that they'll ask to be invited in and it'll be like two in the morning or something. And people will just be like, yes, come in. And they'll be like, that was way out of character. So it's like oh. they ask to be invited, but oh. somehow they gain access by other means. And then if, when it comes to the hat man and his connections to, you know, like people describe it as being a demon or evil, uh, mm. there's that whole philosophy of that evil can't enter your life. It can only be invited in. And I just find all those parallels really weird. It's almost like our own subconscious is projecting these myths out into the world and we're like experiencing them and it's becoming like this weird feedback loop. And then, of course, the main factor with all three of them is that they drain you of, you know, with vampires, oftentimes it's blood, but a lot of times it's, it's described as your life force, your energy. And that's kind of uh, what the hat man does, is what shadow people do. And even with men in black encounters, including Albert Bender's, what he described, is after they leave, there's a common description of people just feeling absolutely drained and sick and tired for like days after. And the same with aliens too. Right. So there's this common thread. So big questions, right? Are all of these things one source? Yes. With varying, <laughs> varying degrees of reality? Because we have, it's almost like when we look at hat men, men in black and vampires, they're almost like the same thing manifesting in various forms, like one's a more spiritual form, one's more solid. Or oh, interpretations, more... like different yeah. interpretations, I guess. Right. So I don't know. Do you have any thoughts about that? I think it's an interpretation thing, depending yeah. on where you're from. Like maybe it's all the same thing. I really do like the concept that it's like men in black and they have like obtained these skills, <laughs> these alien <laughs> skills. Like, because that would just tie in with every dystopian simulation radio (laughs) episode ever. It's like, it's all been leading to this. (laughs) It's all all coming together. It's all coming together. And you were the key. I knew it. You're the missing piece of the puzzle. (laughs) So one of the things that I find really fascinating is if you go into most paranormal phenomenon that are generally considered physical in nature, like, you know, when it comes to Bigfoot, UFOs, aliens... If you dive deep enough into the stories, you'll start to find reports where they're describing these things existing in a state that's less than physical. Like people will see Bigfoot just materialize or disappear. And then same thing with aliens and UFOs is there'll be this physical thing. And sometimes they'll leave physical evidence. But in the same instance of physical evidence or, you know, a physical description, they'll inhabit this non-physical state. And then conversely, when you get into paranormal subjects that are considered non-physical in nature, like angels and ghosts and things like that, if you dive deeper into there, you'll find reports where people are describing reuniting with like lost loved ones. Yeah. Uh, but they're completely physical 
in every way. And so there's this weird fluidity of like physical, non-physical states within all paranormal subjects. And I think it's really cool to think about. This is so trippy that I... I'm questioning my very existence and I now feel like I'm just a computer or a brain in a jar and nothing is real. <laughs> and because of like we started off being really clinical and scientific and then we get to this and I'm just like, well, it could just be the brain doing this and that. And then I'm like, we're just brains. We're probably just computers. None of this is real. <laughs> like having an existential crisis. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm really worried that I'm going to go to sleep and see a freaking shadow man. <laughs> right, because that's the other thing. Is like we're inspiring sleep paralysis. That's what we're doing. <laughs> oh my god, we're we're spreading it like an infection. Exactly, um, it's like um, Cairo. Cairo, a Japanese movie where like it's like spreading hauntings through the internet. Oh yes, I did hear about that. Uh, yeah. I haven't seen it, but that sounds really good. There's yeah. actually another <laughs> film that I have to give a shout out to is uh, Rodney Asher's The Nightmare. I don't know if you've seen it, Lynn. I haven't. I what's the synopsis? So basically, Rodney Asher created a documentary about sleep paralysis, and he interviews a bunch of witnesses. And he dramatizes them, and he does it in such a terrifying way. Oh, maybe um, I have, actually, because I've seen all something these... that scares the crap out of me, and it was a documentary. It's got to be the most terrifying <laughs> horror movie out there, because it's a documentary, and it takes place in your room at night. So it's like, when you're finished the movie, you have to go to bed. And that's that's not fair. <laughs> <You know? laughs> we could do a nightmare on Elm Street and just drink Pepsi for like five days straight. <laughs> <laughs> Because that will calm our nerves. Yeah, it will keep us awake. <laughs> I was actually, I was kind of worried because where I am right now, it's more the morning when we started. I'm trying to wake up and drink a bunch of coffee, but like not too much that I'm just like over caffeinated. Like, <laughs> check it. All right. The the hat man, he's like a vampire, but he works for the government, right? <laughs> it's like, he's a what? sharp guy. Real <laughs> snazzy <a> dresser. <laughs> <laughs> Steals your stuff. Pulls them out from behind your ear. Woohoo, he's gone. He was never there. Oh, yeah, I almost forgot. I have one more thing to send you, and this is <gasps> yes. hilarious and terrifying. The day that I was doing, like, I spent all day doing the bulk of my research, and I, I took a little break. I took my daughter out to the, the corner store, and the first thing I see when I come outside, I'll just send you the photo. And you might have to zoom in. If mm -hmm. you can't zoom in too far, let me know. I'll send you a close-up. But this is the first thing I see when I come outside. Is that a shadow man walking along the street? Is it? Is it? It is. It is. <laughs> it looks like the two-tone um, Scar logo. You know, the little, it's... the icon on the, on the specials logo. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> it's so scary. It reminds me of the, um, the Reddit, the dancing man. The Have dancing you... man. Yeah, oh. like there's a Reddit, like, I don't know if it's a creepypasta. It might be, but it's like about this. They see a guy in a suit with a hat on, actually. And he does this weird dance at the nighttime. It's really scary when you read it. I have I'm doing read a that. terrible job. Yeah, doesn't it look like that? Uh, you know what's funny is this is 100% uh, a normal person that just like no, it's wanted, not. That's what he wanted wants you to, to protect think. themselves from the sun, <laughs> put on a hat. But to make things worse, is <laughs> like. Close up's even more scary. Right? Okay. So when you zoom in, you cannot <gasps> see a face on them. No, you can't. Actually, you know what I can kind of see? It what looks like see? a gray alien is looking down <laughs> do you see that little little eye there's an eye on the right side on like your right side oh um, that's weird 
And it looks like an, a big buff grey alien is like looking <laughs> down. We will put this on the Instagram at d.s.radio, by the way. But it's so You can't identify so, the person, so it's fine. But um, It gets, it gets oh worse, gosh. right? So no, not only can you not... The photo's not a good quality, so of course you can't see any detail. But then it just makes it creepier. But then yeah. it gets even worse because, like, I'm walking in that direction. And <laughs> this person, like... Looks like they should be walking, but they're just standing there. And so I kind of like, you know, I take my secret photo. I'm trying to pretend I'm doing something else so that <laughs> I, I don't look like a creep. So we're going to cross paths, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm talking to my daughter. And then when I get to that point, I look up and they're not there. And it's like, Shut okay, up. <laughs> they, they must have turned the corner like to their car maybe. And I didn't notice, but it's just like, there's no confirmation of what this person actually looks like. And so it's just like, they know, they know, <laughs> they, they know what you think. They know what you look at. They know what you're doing. Yeah. They had the sleeves off because it looks like a sunny day, but that's definitely a man <laughs> in black. <laughs> they wanted to show me their guns to intimidate me more. <laughs> yeah, they're like, we don't carry actual guns anymore, but check these out. You <laughs> yeah. don't want these choking you in the night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Oh, this has been a great episode. <laughs> why thank you i guess that's it for our um presentation should we share with the people some of our sleep paralysis experiences before we uh take our leave and attempt to sleep by the way it's been getting progressively darker and darker as we've been recording this where i am 6 p.m in england and uh i'm alone so that's <laughs> not great. for long you might go <laughs> no! outside <laughs> Maybe and there'll I'll be see a hat man <laughs> just carrying a dead seagull in its head. You're like, no! I gave you a message. No, not Steven Seagull. You're okay. He knows karate. He's fine. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, I gave you a message. How am I supposed to understand what that means? <laughs> <laughs> this is not how you use birds to send messages. I don't know if you know that. I think you misunderstood, friend. <laughs> you put it in a scroll and they carry it with their feet. He's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to go first? Because you got a great story. Well, mine are like a big, long series of stories. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Mine are kind of convoluted, right? Because I've been having them for almost 20 years, like nearly mm. every night. So there's there's a lot there. But there's this weird kind of epiphany I had about them just like in the last year or so that kind of makes it more interesting. Let's go with yours first. So I've been having sleep paralysis for almost 20 years and I can remember I lived downtown at the time so I remember very specifically when it started the thing with me is so I used to sleepwalk as a kid so that mechanism that actually paralyzes you I think mine's broken (laughs) (laughs) a lot lot of things are broken (laughs) yeah this is what I have to go into the shop see a mechanic so the interesting for me is that I'm never paralyzed when I have them. And actually, there was only two occasions where I was. And I'll, I'll get into one of them because it's Wait, actually... Wait, what? You're not yeah. paralyzed when you have... You, you're walking nope. around in your hallucinations. Uh, well, no, I'm in bed, but like I can sit up. I can oh. look closer at what oh I'm seeing. Oh my God, that's rare. So, so it, it is, right? And I, I was actually doing a lot of research on the stats. And in every instance of like all the factors that relate to sleep paralysis, I'm in like the bottom 1%. Yeah, you know? definitely. <laughs> like I'm not peer- paralyzed. You I'm are not... the hat man. I'm sorry to break it to you. <laughs> you me. are the hat man. We discovered this very early on in the episode and all evidence supports it. You're like, I can move around. Sometimes I go into people's houses and... 
<laughs> while they're I, sleeping and take a look. <laughs> there's an early 90s dance song called Scatman. Do you remember that? I'm a scat man. I'm a hat man. That's right. You have to do that. You have to do your little version of the hat man as the outro. That would be so good, dude. Oh, man. So I'm never paralyzed. So it means most of the time, like 99.9% of the time, I'm not scared at all. It's not a negative experience. Uh, I enjoy it for the most part. It's pretty fascinating. I've had a lot of different experiences that seem to tie into waking life. So it's 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 really cool for me. Um, recently, I was trying to figure out, okay, so I guess some of the things that I've seen, I've seen the old hag. Ooh. And I, get, I can hope, I'm going to have to tell my girlfriend not to listen to this episode because she's so terrified by oh, anything no. paranormal. <laughs> She's um, definitely going to listen if you tell her not to. She's going to be like, what the fuck is going on in my no, house at night? <laughs> she knows better. She knows better. She does not listen. So there was actually one time when I, you know, I woke up because she got out of bed and her side of the bed is closer to the door. And she got up, went to the, you know, went to the washroom outside in the hall, the hallway lights on because, you know, she's scared of everything. And then I see this old hag come out of my closet as no! she's going to the bathroom and like kind of like with her like hands up all limp, like almost like a cartoonishly creepy walk with this big smile on her face. Just walk into my room, smile, turn around, walk back into the closet. And I'm just kind of sitting up waiting for her to come back and like, oh do God. not, do not tell her. <laughs> I don't know why I'm not scared of some of the things, but you I do get scared it, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you sick pervert, you enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> so there are two there were two times or a, maybe three times when i was actually terrified so one of the times and uh the september comic is kind of inspired by this one there's a kind of a shadow demon in the book and it's uh actually i'll send you a photo of what i saw because in the comic we took some liberties and changed the the design of it mm-hmm. but so i'm basically in bed and I'm a terrible sleeper and that's probably where a lot of this comes from because it takes me so long to fall asleep and so I'm just basically lying there I'm not asleep yet I'm not close to sleep and that's the other thing is these things will start and then I'll be like oh I didn't realize I was that far gone okay I'm drifting off to sleep now but in this time I open my eyes and floating above me no is this no it's like Mothman with the Shadow Man right yeah, it's it's, it's so like they weird. Had a like, baby. <laughs> aww, aww. Yeah. No, it's horrible. It's it's yeah. freaking horrific. He's got his daddy's eyes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> He's got something. He's so, um. Yeah. Can I describe this? It's a. Uh, yes. It, you know what? It's the shape of a ghost up to about the shoulders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it's got glowing red eyes, really long, spindly arms and legs and torso and kind of a bent little goat leg at the I don't like this. Why'd you show me this? <laughs> well, this is this is I made this image. This is based on what I saw. Its head kind of goes into its shoulders, so kind of like that Mothman way. Yeah. But the other thing I was thinking about when I was looking into the different figures people say, uh, another common figure people see is like uh, a cloaked person, like a hood or something. Like mm-hmm. it's, it yeah. might not be its head going into its shoulders. It might be like a hood, but like I can't make out any detail. And I should also mention that the bottom half is all kind of blurry because 
I can't really recall what happened down there. It was, mm. but it was definitely like this shadowy, transparent thing with glowing red eyes, just yeah, it's a hovering over me. Yeah, that is awful. More than just what it looked like and the surprise of it being there, there definitely was this feeling of this predatory feeling from it, and I just screamed like a little girl. <laughs> <laughs> Woke my girlfriend up and she's like, what now? You know? (laughs) So that was one time that was actually scary for me. Um, Another time, and this one stands out because this instance, I'm actually paralyzed. Oh, okay. Welcome to the normal people club. (laughs) Right. And oh, and I I never sleep on my back. I see this shadow person kind of come up between the bed and the wall. He's crazy tall. Like, his Tinder profile is probably on fire. That's how tall he is. (laughs) And uh, it was the weirdest thing because I couldn't move and I'm not used to that at all. And it just comes and hovers over me. And I try, like, the best I can do is kind of, like, move my head a little bit to look up at it. And I just, like, went out. Like, I passed out, which is the weirdest thing. And so it got me thinking about all these stories where people say, like, you know, in alien abduction encounters and other sleep paralysis encounters where it's just such an inappropriate response to the situation where they just pass out immediately. Yeah. And that's that's what happened to me. And it was like, this is not typical. So (laughs) what was that? So now, okay, so here's the weird epiphany that I had when I was recently trying to, I was trying to figure out what was the first time this happened? Because it didn't just happen my whole life. This Mm -hmm. clearly happened when I lived downtown. So I started to try to remember some experiences and uh, they started coming back. And then I pinned it down to the first time I ever saw anything just in the middle of the night. I was laying in my bed and I opened my eyes. Or no, I didn't even open my eyes. My eyes were still closed, but I wasn't asleep. It was like within the darkness of my eyes being closed, this gigantic eye just opened up. And it freaked me out so bad because I've never seen anything like it before. <gasps> just a huge like, eye. Just a giant eye. Just like oh, as, no. as big as you can see with your eyes was just right in front of me. Boom, opened up. And I was like, whoa, what was that? And then that's when I started seeing things, you know, like people walking around or lights or or whatever, right? And then typical sleep paralysis experience ensue for the next, you know, almost 20 years. But now this... You looked into a different realm and you could never look back. That's what happened. (laughs) So this, okay, so this is where I kind of feel like an idiot because one, I never connected that experience with the rest of it. And then the other dot that I didn't connect until like, last year was at the time I remember that I I picked up some of Robert Monroe's books who he basically teaches like astral projection and he has the Monroe Institute that does it and so in the books are techniques for you to leave your body so I was like I'm gonna try this you know (laughs) (laughs) because I engage I got nothing better to do at at nighttime when I can't sleep so (laughs) time to shift from this mortal coil (laughs) that's right I'm like I'm gonna leave so I, I'm a head out, you know? Um, <laughs> so I did the technique where it's like, basically you kind of, you picture like two lasers coming out of your peripheral vision and crossing each other in front of you. And what you're supposed to imagine is that there's a little bit of resistance when the two lasers intersect and there's like that vibration there. And so you're bringing that vibration closer and closer to your forehead between your eyes until you can feel that vibration right between your eyes, like in your forehead. And then you concentrate on the vibration, you spread it around your body, 
And, you know, I got some pretty interesting results. I felt very strong vibrations, but it got so intense that I had to be like, ah, oh, hell no. And I left it. There was like, um, so it's like the emphasis is on where people say your third eye is. Mm. And, uh, and so, and then I see this eye open up and then this is, this is crazy. Cause I was like, did I accidentally open my third eye or something? Yeah. And, then, and it was really big. <laughs> and it was huge. Yeah. And then, so get this. So this was like last year when I kind of had that epiphany. I was listening to another podcast just like a couple of weeks ago. And it had it was had nothing to do with this, but they kind of mentioned that this woman saw this giant eye open up. And then one of the hosts goes, oh, right, right. Because people, when they open their third eye, they report seeing their, their third eye look at them. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I just, so did I open my third eye? Is that what's going on? I don't know. But it's fun to think about. I'm just going to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> you were a woman of science at the start of this episode. That and was I until, corrupted you. That was until the giant eye. Like, I love that image. It reminds me of, like, um, oh, some video game. Is it, like, uh, Altered Beast or something? The, the <laughs> Sega know. Mega Drive slash Genesis game. There's this game called Altered Beast. And they, they have, like like a boss and i think it's just this big pile of eyes giant eyes and like slime and it oh, just Jesus. comes towards you <laughs> it's just this biblically accurate angel yeah it's oh, more man. like a like someone sneezed but you know it's still scary <laughs> <laughs> well thanks Damn. for sharing that <laughs> You're welcome i'm scared of you and you will definitely <laughs> appear in england tonight <laughs> Um, should I tell my first um, sleep yes. paralysis? I think yes, it, please. You know, like, I think it was my first sleep paralysis experience. I was going to read this as, like, a dramatized thing, but I think I'll just talk about it. So the first, like, I don't know if it was sleep paralysis, but it was just weird. So the first time was, like, when I was a kid. I must, I was in primary school, so I was pretty young. And I had a friend stay over. And downstairs in the living room, there's like a bay window. So it kind of projects out of the house a little bit. And you can fit like a, a dining table there or something. But we didn't have anything there. So me and my friend like sneak downstairs because we wanted to quote unquote like camp out. <laughs> it's basically just like a blanket to that bay window and go to sleep. So <laughs> we had these really long curtains that you could close over this like little alcove that we were sleeping in but it was about like two feet off the ground so you could kind of see under it and we live in like this pre-world war ii house well back then and the stairs were really really creaky so you could not walk up or down those stairs without hearing like these creaks you would always hear anyone like approaching or like going away so i just kind of like was laying down trying to sleep and then i just felt a weird feeling so I pulled one of the curtains back a bit and stuck my head out. And there was a head poking out from around the corner where the stairs are, just a head, kind of really high up on the wall, so like a really tall person. No. And I thought it was my dad. Like, the first thing I thought was, oh, that's that must be dad. Because I thought, oh, maybe he's angry that, like, we're sneaking around the house at night. And he's like, what the hell's going on? But, like, at the more I stared at it, like, the eyes were like swirling both oh. eyes were swirling yeah and no. it was just so it's just a head poking out around the corner in the darkness slightly illuminated by like just moonlight so not Ooh. really bright or anything and just two eyes swirling saying nothing and then it just sort of receded back 
Jesus. That was my first <laughs> sleep paralysis experience. And it wasn't like the last time I saw that same thing because there was another night. Like... Wait, wait, hold on. We got to back up because I, I have questions. <laughs> okay. Okay. So now were, were you paralyzed when this happened? Because I, I think I remember you saying that you had like got up to peek around the corner. Like, yeah, were you lying I... down when you saw it? I was laying down and I was looking under the gap and I felt something there. I got up to move the curtain. So I oh, I was yeah, it was more like a like a ghost ex- like a classic ghost experience because I was looking at it and I wasn't paralyzed. I didn't feel paralyzed. And then the next time I saw it was my dad had left his door like slightly ajar and I think I went downstairs to use the bathroom because it's downstairs terrifyingly great. I was going back up and I looked into his room and his face was like, he was facing out, so as if he was looking out of the door. And he had those swirling eyes again. Wow. It's like he was laying there, his head on the side, eyes open, looking at me. But it was just swirling eyes. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god. Maybe my dad's a demon, I don't know. <clears throat> and then you weren't <laughs> paralyzed that time either? No, I was walking back to my room. Jesus. So yeah. you're not even in bed lying down. You're not even close to his sleep state, really. No. <laughs> so okay so basically well, what was, happened was <laughs> i was like um so the first time i was trying to sleep so you know yes. that's a great area and the second time i had been sleeping got up to go to the bathroom and go back so it's still around the sleep like sphere i guess right it, it is bedtime but i feel like what happened was you had these experiences and you're like oh my god this is terrifying and then you heard about sleep paralysis and you're like yeah let's call it that that's yeah, pretty was. much. I think Even I'm just I was trying to make myself feel better. <laughs> I wasn't asleep or paralyzed. It was but around that's that what time. It was. <laughs> Stop. It was swamp gas uh, reflecting uh, Venus's light off a weather balloon. <laughs> that so, is creepy as hell, the swirling eyes. I wow. know. But another one I had, so that's not really classic sleep paralysis, so like you said. And another one that I had was I was staying over at a friend's place and they lived in this like big four-story house. I think they're probably still there, but it's like in the south, you know, the other side of the country. And they were kind of like hippies and they didn't like to use electricity or flush the toilet. they didn't and um so they gave me this sort of like charles dickens-esque candle in like a candle holder that i was supposed to like use to go up and down the stairs you know like and now you're asking for it i know (laughs) so like i needed the bathroom god damn it no matter how many times i go before i sleep i get nervous and i need to go even when i don't need to go and i'm like i don't want to go it's scary (laughs) so i went up there and i was scared i i run back down with my stupid candle that keeps blowing out And then I went to, like, sleep on this couch kind of thing that I was meant to be sleeping on while I was there. And all I remember was I was reading, like, a zine or something that I'd found in the corner, like, dumpster diving or something like that. (laughs) I don't know. And, like, suddenly I looked up and there was, like, a big square bursting of light was just there. And it started getting bigger and bigger and bigger until it was the size of a door. So it was like someone had just took a really oh, wow. huge knife and cut like a door in the darkness. And then all of this blinding light was like coming through it until my eyes actually hurt. Like it was actually painful. That's intense. On that occasion, I couldn't move. Like I w- it was classic, like I was struggling. And this door was coming closer and closer and closer to me. Like it was going to eat me and just I was going to be somewhere else. And I was like, oh my God. So yeah, it was just weird. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's the part I struggle with too is... Uh 
Because what were the two types? There was hypnagogic, and that's like before sleep. And then yeah. there's the other one. I can't remember if it's like apnagogic or something like that. But one's mm-hmm. as you're falling asleep and one's as you're waking up. And for me, those lines are very blurry because I'm a terrible sleeper. Um, so it's like, again, there's there's so many times where it's like, I really don't even think I'm drifting off. But then I'll just see something and I'll be like, oh, is it that time already? You know, so it's... <laughs> You know, yeah. you, know, you guys are early tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the rest of mine were um, the classic ones. So like you said, a head between the wall and the bed. That's the one oh. that I had to. But it was like a businessman. Oh, my gosh. It was a man in a suit. No way. Was like, Did he have a hat? I don't remember. But I I remember that he, I called it like I, in my head, I called him the businessman. Oh, yeah so and he was he his head was like that because i was laying on the side just like you said and his head came up and he was like red like he looked angry he had a suit and tie and like a like a collar you know a collared shirt and he opens his mouth and his mouth is really big dark black and he just screamed This the loudest scream I've ever heard to the point where the room felt like it shook. And then I woke up. Oh, my God. And that was just like a really fast one. But I was just like, holy shit. Like That's I was insane. Well, thank you for coming on to the podcast, Michael. It's been a blast. I'm a bit more scared of you than I was <laughs> before we started. And I'm a bit more scared to sleep. Yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'm really not surprised. Um <laughs> Thanks for having me, and I apologize. <laughs> I think we will um, put another one of your songs on the outro. If Since we're wondering. so scared, uh, should yeah. we end it off with Scary Times, The Fall? Yes. There you go. That's <laughs> another sure. Halloween song that we can do. Yeah, so thanks for the, um, the, the spooky Halloween soundtracks that you're providing us with this episode. And like I said earlier, all visuals at d.s.radio on Instagram and patreon.com forward slash dystopian simulation radio. Do you want to plug anything one last time? Yeah, you can find me anywhere online. Uh, September is not a word, so just Google me and you'll find me wherever you want. I do live on Instagram, though, so if you want to connect or whatever, find me there. That's kind of where I'll mostly be hanging out. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, and we will see you next time in the dystopian simulation. Thank you. Bye! Bye!
shame and catching children in the cages. Black and orange will mix that cats get treats and they give tricks, but the witch hunt has only just begun. Oh